0: Welcome to the second episode of the Cranky Coders Podcast. I'm Griffin, and in this episode, Peter and I discuss the latest tech coming out of CES 2017, the latest announcement on the Nintendo Switch, and our hackathon experience at HackAZ. Be sure to keep tuned until the end of the episode for hackathon advice. Our website is near completion at crankycoderspodcast.com, but you can send us your questions, comments, and feedback for the show at crankycoders at gmail.com. And with nothing else, let's get things started. And welcome to another episode of the Cranky Coders podcast. I'm your host, Griffin, and the other host... i Peter. Peter. Yeah. It's me. I'm interrupting Griffin. Thanks, Peter. I do what I can. Oh, you can interrupt me anytime oh that's nice ah no problem all right so um this is episode two and we just got back from the hackathon we were talking about last week uh peter what did you think
1: hacky boy uh it was a pretty exciting i got four hours of sleep it was fun how about you griffin
0: i got maybe nine hours sleep total i know i slept a lot i know i slept like six on like the first day
1: living in the lap of luxury man i don't even know
0: right i was really happy with like that uh four share bed that i just
1: yeah made. man that was some innovations we, yeah. i can't i don't know if anyone took pictures of that but i kind of wish
0: i did i don't th- i mean I, I i think i took a picture of myself like kind of like sleeping with the mask on you can't really see the uh the shares but what it basically what well, i did was I, i'm sure
1: you I, can uh, use your imagination but it was a feat of modern engineering right that i basically just took to four achieve.
0: shares and just slept on them it was comfortable like point.
1: I said, feed of modern engineering.
0: Right. Um, so we're going to be talking about the hackathon uh, later in the episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, we also got to do our stuff, and I'm also back from uh, a Node A Z meetup, um, Node Arizona. Uh, I know uh, I didn't talk about this, Peter, but basically Node Arizona, a bunch of cool guys who talk about Node.js. Um, it's uh, sounded Tempe. Or I think it's Tempe. It's near Tempe, at least and uh, it was a great time. Uh, it was more intermediate advanced stuff, um, but I'm going to be starting a uh, chapter soon for uh, Node School, which will, which is basically to promote uh, learning Node.js and all of the things that come with it. And we're going to be uh, starting it up pretty soon, so um, be on the lookout for that. Um, I'll be putting that uh, on the Cranky Coders podcast website, which that as well will be coming soon once I get the time to develop it uh, I'll probably just put out, like, a little s- sample page to begin with, not, not the fancy. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's where I'm going to put all the show notes and everything that is going on. Well, all right. I mean, all that's news to me, but it seems like a good idea. Yeah. Um,
1: I've worked with Node.js before, but only to uh, to program drones. It's actually a really good time. Yes.
0: It. Um, there was actually a guy who came in, and uh, he was showing off this Node.js thing he did. Um, so apparently he's building, like, uh, he's working with a company, uh, I forget the name of it, it was like Car, Car, Caravan, that was, was Caravan, and basically car- like caravan you, or caravan? caravan, and basically caravan. what happens is you, they make cars that convert into vans, not really, uh, you, you, you buy the car from your couch or whatever, and then, uh, a, a vending machine it thing, it's like a vending machine that comes by your, c- c- drive, like it, this thing drives up to your house or something, it's a vending machine, and you're able to like select the car, it's like a vending machine, you select the car, the, there's like a little crank that like brings down your car selection and then pushes it out so you can like drive it or something.
1: Okay, a car vending machine might actually beat up my plan of a car turning into a van.
0: Yeah, Good job. it's uh, it was pretty crazy. He doesn't work on that. He works on this thing where like when you start shake, you have to like shake the device or something to make it work. He's working on this thing where, like, he uses uh, facial recognition to, like, turn your face into, like, this kind of, like, demonic monster face or something. So it's, like, a little fun thing of a jigger. So he has the
1: option to work on the car vending machine. Yeah. And and chooses to (laughs) mess around with facial recognition. I don't know why. Like a Snapchat filter.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah.
1: Can I, like, be in his life position? Because I think I'd make better decisions.
0: I know. Um... I don't, I, nobody questioned it. But either way, it was cool because he used Node.js to uh, track people's face. He used this library, but he like expanded on it to track more points sure. so that it worked a little better for his needs. But uh, it was pretty cool seeing Node.js in that application.
1: Yeah, it, it just has so many libraries involved in it that it's like basically useful for anything right. you could ever want. There are
0: numerous packages, which is why I'm starting Node School because people look at the number of packages and are like, Jesus, there's a lot to learn. Uh, but basically it's just a fun way to say, Hey, it's not that bad.
1: It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, also on the hackathon, I thought just bringing up this very quickly, you got to try out virtual reality for the first time uh, me for the second time. Uh, we discussed uh, virtual reality on our last episode. Um, but I was thinking that you would probably want to cover it again now that you actually got to experience it. Maybe just give you a little brief, uh, thing on it. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, So I'm fortunate enough to not really have a strong glasses prescription. And I think that really helped my experience. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Griffin who wears glasses. What a nerd.
0: Uh, Just interjecting in here for a second. uh, One of the benefits I already see already is that uh, Oculus Rift, you can wear glasses. Uh, The uh, HTC Vive, according to the guy, you couldn't. There was a focus thing on it. But in the time I got to mess around, I couldn't get it to focus correctly. All right. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Oh, I see how it is. Um, but yeah, uh, my experience with the HCC Vive, I played a bit of The Lab, which was made by Valve. Um, so, I mean, right off the bat, I'm a fan of it because it was made by Valve, because um, I'm that kind of person. But uh, it was a really interesting experience. I didn't feel disoriented at all. Um, the haptic feedback they had on the controllers was fantastic. Oh, and really arrow. It really helped with the immersion. Um, and I was skeptical. Now I'm less skeptical. I'm still interested in how they're going to use it in more practical applications because uh, AR seems like more the way that people are going to go with practical stuff but who knows I think it, I think it has a future. yeah and I'm sure everyone else does so kind of late on the late on the train for that one but right. I, uh, I'm hopeful.
0: no um, that, uh, that bow and arrow game uh, the most impressive part was about it was the way that the haptic feedback just reacted when you were like pushing the arrow
1: up i don't know frankly i was more impressed by like the dude doing the flip on the bridge Oh my that, that was pretty cool some freaking
0: uh warrior ninjas
1: acrobatic yo there were vikings i think they had horns on their
0: helmets oh like yeah that, well some of them were vikings
1: i mean i feel like if you have an army invading they're probably all going to be vikings if they're if one of them's a viking granted
0: but if you had vikings wouldn't you give them all helmets
1: i mean i don't know they're they're nomadic right they might not have time to make all the helmets Okay. It might be like, oh, you get a shield, you get a helmet. It's kind you of You care more about your head or the rest of your entire body. No kidding. It seems kind of rude to other people. It really know. opens up a world of moral questions. Right. And like, it sort of introspection that you have to address just by, because you're murdering all these people and they're like, wow, you, you cared more about your mind, but you cared more about your life. And it's like, wow, that's deep, man.
0: Anyways, it's, going it's off the uh, intricate story of a uh, virtual reality test game. <laughs> <laughs> um let's uh let's uh touch base so as you know in these podcasts we talk about tech developments then we talk about gaming and then we finish it up with some coding and i'm sure you already know what we're going to be saying talked about for coding but for tech developments we're going to be trained to ces so for those who don't know ces is a consumer electronics show it happened just last week and there was some pretty cool stuff so I thought we'd talk about uh, what happened in CES. Um, Peter, anything that stand out for you at uh, CES? I know you didn't um, watch it and, and pay attention to it much as I did. But...
1: Yeah, I was I was hanging with grandparents, so I didn't have a ton of time to stream it, but I read a lot of the uh, news reports, and there was some pretty cool stuff coming out. Uh, one of my favorite things was a consumer-grade, consumer reasonably priced, I think around $300, underwater drone uh, with a camera. They were advertising for fishing, but It uh, had a pretty solid uh, working depth, which means you could use it for exploring the ocean floor, all that kind of stuff. And uh, as a huge proponent of underwater exploration, I think that's a really awesome way to get the community uh, at large involved. Um, So that's one of the cool things that I uh, saw that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Griffin, what about you?
0: There were actually a lot of things I was excited about. I don't even know where to start. That's why I wrote a little list of things that uh, i was pretty excited about <laughs>
1: wow guys cranky coders are
0: scripted it's right word i know we're, we've been found um yep. so, so you feel free to uh, interject with your thoughts today andy's but um so the first of yeah, them sure. was autonomous cars um i feel like autonomous cars were really uh the big highlight of ces because everybody couldn't just shut up about autonomous cars because they're the future man um yeah, so um, the first one was Faraday Future, which showed off their uh, uh, well. I shouldn't say autonomous car it was hardly even working. Um, I know the only prototype of the autonomous car they had could only just like back into a parking lot, and <laughs> the only thing it says, oh, it goes zero to sixty in like two point nine two seconds or something like that, and That's it's impressive. Right. But the company, I watched it's a video faster right? <laughs> I know that. Um, but uh, the th- the the thing with it is that. Uh, I watched a video. Of the sk- the the company itself is pretty sketchy. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they're working with a lot of uh, sketchy investors, and they told him like, if this CES is any problem, then uh, then that's it. We're not gonna fund the uh, Faraday Future car anymore. So, that that's a little fishy. But I know Nvidia showed off some self Thomas cars too. Um, they were saying, oh, our cars uh, can. Drive on a road freely, but they also do this stuff inside the car where, like, uh, it has this AI that, like, tracks your face and can, like, recognize your face if it's, like, getting too angry or, like, pull you over on the side of the road because you're getting, like, a little too cranky or whatever. Road rage. Just to
1: display the driving interface on a 4K screen. Yeah.
0: Because
1: <laughs> oh, okay. they're a graphics company. Right. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you got a
0: GTX 1080, you got to implement a 4K you screen somewhere, yeah. Make the car cost a thousand more dollars just because we can Yeah. Um, and then they also had this thing where it reads your lips and basically, uh, it has a 95%, well, it was developed by his team that was able to develop, uh, interface that was a 95% accurate lip reading. And basically that's for like, if it can't hear you give commands in a car, it can try to read your lips to understand like if there's a group of people talking or whatever. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, did you have any thoughts on the autonomous cars at all? I mean, in general, autonomous cars are pretty cool.
1: I'm happy that developments are being made, but haven't really been following them that closely.
0: Oh, that, and that's fair. Well, I, uh, I was actually biking back uh, from uh, class, and I actually uh, was uh, biking super fast, and I just caught a glimpse of this car, and it had, like, this big spinning top. I'm like, what the heck? Oh, my God, that's, an, that's the Uber car. It's an Uber, it was an Uber self-driving
1: car. Oh, yeah, 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 you told me about those. Yeah, I was like,
0: wow, in
1: the flesh... I... I find it super ironic that a uh, service that's kind of built to give people some way to make money in their free time is already being taken over by robots.
0: Yeah. yeah. I know. It, it, Economically,
1: it's, it's a little depressing,
0: but I know, technically right? it's very cool. You get your brand new Uber job and, oh, look, robots are already taking over. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the things. Um, there were some new computer things because I'm, I'm a computer hardware kind of guy. Um, that I was interested in Intel released a new brand of, uh, ships, the 7,000 series. Um, it doesn't, they, they switch off TikTok thing to a new type of architecture. I'm trying to remember what's now going to replace TikTok. I'm going to look it up while I, uh, uh, talk. Um, Hey, cause, cause tick and talk. Yeah. Um, well, while you're looking it up, I'll
1: basically explain the idea. Um, the goal of the TikTok method for Intel's development is, uh, I believe to increase the speed on, or like the the processing speed, yeah, uh, on the tick phase and decrease the size of their chips on the talk phase. Yeah. So basically, one year they'll work on processing speed, one year they'll work on size, which is, you know, a pretty good way to distribute it. The phase they're trying to add is in in the new phase is increasing their processor efficiency, so by power consumption. Uh, which will hopefully enable them to make better progress without completely destroying all of our power supplies. Right, which is pretty great. Uh, so tick.
0: It, um, so uh, this is actual terms. Tick is a new fabrication process. So it's a fabrication in terms of uh, micro of uh, the size. So right now they're currently on fourteen nanometers, um, and mic and the talk is a new microarchitecture. So kind of what you were saying. Oh, uh, I'm a fool I am. Uh so now they're going to a different thing. Process architecture optimization. Process, I believe, is uh that new yeah, so it's a uh It's
1: the speed. Architecture is size, optimization is efficiency.
0: Yeah, so pro yeah, process, new fabrication, architecture. But do they
1: have do they have a really, really catchy name for it? That's the
0: Nope, just question. PAO.
1: POW. I can work with it. Alright, the POW method.
0: Okay. Um uh, they just called it PAO, but I think Intel should sign you up for renaming their uh, yeah, man. I should have made it in marketing. Um, but the 7000 series, I think, was part of their, opti- their uh, optimization phase, and it really wasn't anything. Um, and uh, uh, the uh, yeah, it didn't really increase any speed. Uh, well, I mean. They weren't really trying, right? Um, Nvidia released this thing where like you place all these like little dots around your house. I was telling you about this, and uh, yeah, and basically listen to your voice all around the home, and it can like automate stuff for you. It was really crazy. Um, and... Oh, uh, on on that note,
1: uh, I remember you saying like somebody would leave and uh, say like, "Hey, I'm leaving now," and all these robots would just start doing crap, right? Like so they'd feed your pet, or a Roomba would uh, start cleaning your floor. And um, that kind of reminds me that uh, during the Tech Expo... uh, I forget what it was called, actually. What was
0: the thing? Uh, Wait, did it have a
1: CES? CES, yeah. Sorry, I had it SEC, because I don't know why. No problem. But uh, there were a couple of new cleaning robots debuted. There was the WindBot, and there was the GrillBot. And uh, the WindBot cleans windows, and the GrillBot cleans grills, uh, because we're we're programmers, and we're not very creative. But... um, I feel like at this point, if robots ever decide to revolt,
0: it's going to be the cleanest goddamn revolution we've ever seen. (laughs) To just clean up the streets instead of taking over the world. You know it. Just trying to save humanity from its.
1: Just imagine if autonomous cars and Roombas came together. together. Oh
0: wow! Yeah, that Um, self-cleaning cars. Sure. Why not? Yeah, that'll be a thing. I'd buy it. Uh, AMD. uh, Wait, AMD announced their RISEN, uh, their new RISEN uh, processor lineup, they really, and their new Vega graphics processor lineup. They didn't really say anything else other than that. They, it's A lot of stuff is still unknown. Apparently there was um, there was a demonstration of uh, Doom running on this closed, like you kind of open up, it was a closed um, system running a RISEN ship and a Vega ship. It was at 4K, 60 frames per second for... All those who care, so it's like, oh, they're catching up. So, um, yeah, let the CPU and GPU were commence. I mean, that's impressive, but I mean,
1: people have gotten Doom to run on like digital cameras now. So, Oh, nice, nice joke here. No, it's it's true.
0: Well, I'm, I'm I'm saying that the new Doom, that oh my gosh, I got you. I they, got they, you. They, they came out. Here. <laughs> I think yeah. I can you, run Doom on my system, F4K, okay. 500 five frames I mean, per second. You, don't you? uh the old doom
1: oh the old doom The
0: old doom yeah no no no. Right.
1: now we're talking about the old doom okay
0: yeah um i know that that's very confusing that just i don't know people in their rebranding. okay
1: speaking of video games no uh I, I do find it kind of silly when people reboot things with the same name right
0: because they're just like trying to replace their presence yeah Sorry, like like uh, uh battlefront stars battlefront it's like yeah yeah Um, Okay, before we get into gaming, though, we're going to start getting into gaming, I do want to mention one more thing at CES that was was, uh, probably, like, uh, the thing, and uh, this uh, resolution, um, screen resolution, there were TVs and uh, monitors, there was actually... Uh, 8K monitor at CES and the thing is with the 8K monitor is there is only one GPU right now that even supports 8K apparently it's the it's like the top of the line NVIDIA graphics processor it's not like the GTX 1080 it's like this it's called the Quadro and like it's only for like super powerful use it's like a really powerful GPU. it's not a consumer product oh my god and that's the only one that can run the monitor apparently uh according to this video i watched and but apparently it looked beautiful so there you go um i mean
1: hmm? honestly i feel like a lot of other companies should try to adopt the the sort of a yearly phase kind of thing that intel's working with because 8 monitors are cool but why
0: uh because resolution i guess But like,
1: why? I mean, four K is already kind of excessive. You
0: could say, uh, "Oh, the seven twenty P monitor. Why do people want ten eighty P?" You know.
1: I mean, sure, but at that point there was like a physical you can like see pixels kind of thing if you get close enough. By the time you get to four K, what? Like, you can make the screen bigger if you have eight K, I guess.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't know. People just like their uh, pictures sharp. Um, But either way. Um uh 4K TVs there was I don't think there was an 8K TV but they show some pretty cool 4K TVs. Um there's a big battle between OLED and uh, QLED displays. I totally forget what the difference between OLED and QLED is. But <laughs> be- I'll look it up, you keep talking. Like they those are like top of the line uh type of uh, displays and they're like in a really competing market. Uh I for- like apparently OLED's good if you want deep blacks, QLED is good if you want d- briving bright, bright colors it's just really confusing and I gotta say for like consumers looking to buy a TV it's kind of uh, discouraging um, there was one 4k TV I remember that was super thin it's like sticker like you're supposed to stick the TV to your wall as a magnet it's like a magnet you stick it to the wall and there's a little base below the TV that powers this thing I don't know if it's wireless or if it's wired I think it's wireless, but it powers this TV, and it's like a a magnet. And I'm like, whoa, that is is legit. I forget what the TV Hmm. is called. Um, But uh, did you look up the uh, 4K OLED versus QLED thing, Peter? So QLED apparently means quantum dot LED.
1: Yep. Uh, They give more vibrant colors um, and are also arguably more cost-effective than OLED. But I guess OLED is supposed to give deeper blacks. So, QLED is cheaper, probably in the future, and OLED is more, you know, gritty, whatever. Right. That means. I guess Fallout 4 would look cooler when you're, like, walking in that one particular hallway into Diamond City.
0: Hey! Got him! Um, so, yeah, the, the one I'm talking about is the LG Signature OLED W television, it's 2.5 millimeters thin and and yeah it's hung up by magnets it's and it's a 4k TV, tv still a thing huh are people still trying to make their tvs curved i think curved is starting to go out of line which is good because i've heard curved is mostly a gimmick i would imagine so i feel
1: like it'd yeah. be a pain to deal with
0: yeah i i because apparently like there's only like a couple positions where it actually is super effective and even at, when it's super effective it doesn't really change much
1: I feel like it's trying to fill the TV gap that VR left and everyone's hurt.
0: Yeah, uh, that'll phase out, like, 3D TVs, but I feel like 4K, that's that's going to... Because resolution, high resolutions are always going to be a thing. Uh, when you have, like, these gimmicky things like 3D and stuff, they're probably going to phase out pretty quickly. But, like, higher resolution stuff, there's always a market for that, I feel.
1: I'm still waiting for, like... I guess VR is kind of an appropriate... Uh, replication, but I'm kind of waiting for 3D gaming. That would be kind of neat.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I think so too. We'll we'll see where the market goes. It's always the market. Yeah, but and I mean, with
1: VR, it's it's basically already there, frankly.
0: Speaking of gaming, that brings us hey. to the gaming section. Like, look I, at
1: that segue that I tried to initiate
0: yeah. like five minutes ago and failed. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I i really want no, to talk about TVs. You're all good. TVs are TVs. One are more TVs. thing before we go to gaming. There was like a oh, there was a autonomous suitcase that like follows you around or something two times transition yeah so the failure uh, okay so suitcase that follows you that's cool anyways oh yeah nice yeah
1: oh uh actually speaking of th- more things uh there's a drone now uh this is actually a project that i was hoping to work on at some point but there's a drone now that can operate by facial recognition or uh body recognition oh and follow a particular user hmm. and uh they use it as like a they're advertising it as like the better selfie stick, but I think oh, it has a lot of super dude, interesting I was applications.
0: Thinking oh, and they just took it. Wow.
1: Hmm. Yeah. How dare they steal our idea that Dang. we've never published.
0: We need to go back in time. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um I wish I had a soundboard so we could just like click a sound and it goes like gaming, beep, 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 beep beep oh or God. whatever. But that's that's the Okay, soundboard.
1: we'll do we'll do it in post. Oh man, it's gonna be tough to doing It's in post. gonna happen.
0: Okay. Alright, so gaming. We're going to be talking about...
1: Gaming. Boop boo 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 boo, Right here. Right here. Cut cut my voice out. Put it right there. I'll put it right there. Ready?
0: Okay. Okay. Remember this. It's at uh, 2317. We got this. Okay. I'll remember this while we're on different timestamps. But either way, so we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch. Now, the Nintendo Switch was just announced a couple days ago. Um, The basic description of the device. uh, Basically... You have this uh, touch display, and uh, you can uh, put these Joy-Cons on the side of the display, and pick it up out of its dock and play it like a like a handheld video game, it's just like one big screen in the middle, and, and you play with with like, these touch things on the side. Then you can like put it into the dock, which is connected to the TV, take these uh, controllers out, these are called Joy-Cons, you can take the Joy-Cons out, and then you can play you can play with the Joy-Cons like just in single mode, just like holding Joy-Cons both in your hand. You can dock it to another, uh, into like a gamepad thing, and so you can feel like it's like an actual gamepad, like a, it's like a brick in the middle. Play it like that. It also comes with like another accessory that looks like a gamepad, you dock into that. You can play with that. Uh, another thing you can do is you can take the Joy-Cons off, take it out of the dock, there's a kickstand, you take out the kickstand, you put it down, and you can give the Joy-Con to one of your friends. And you can play, like, um, Mario Kart 8. Like, each one of you has, like, a little Joy-Con playing Mario Kart 8. And so... Well, that sounds like a real cool idea, Griffin. What games will it have on release? Oh, well, thank you for asking me that. That was totally not scripted in my script. Um, so... Oh, was it? Yeah, <laughs> actually, it actually it. was. Gaming titles. Oh, really? <laughs> good, good prediction, Peter. Um, I'm a genius. All right, so, gaming titles. Um, so uh i'd probably have to look it up again uh there's gonna be splatoon 2 there's gonna be uh a new mario kart 8 apparently the new mario kart 8 comes with uh it's like uh a, the classic battle mode which a lot of people were like angry at mario kart 8 for not including now it's back uh oh, good uh let's, there's a couple new maps and stuff uh i forget what splatoon 2 is different than splatoon Play splatoon but, uh, Maybe they'll have split-screen multiplayer, but that would be cool. Okay, yeah, I think... That I'm, I'm sure it has to have that. Well, it didn't last time. Uh, let's see. It, uh, they have a new Mario game. This is not coming out until uh, December. Um, or, well, Okay, I shouldn't say December, I said winter season. It was December. Uh, it's Super Mario Odyssey. Um, it's weird because there's actually real-life people walking around. What did you think about that, Peter? Hashtag Sonic 06. I know it looks so much like it was disappointing, but it looks like it, it. looks like it'll be fun.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I've always I've always enjoyed the Mario games, and I think Mario Galaxy was kind of their best. But I yep. think after after that, they've been they've had some really nice co op multiplayer experiences. So I hope they keep doing that because that's the only reason I play them. Mm. Um. But we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Um. But the weird thing is they only have like. I think the Zelda game they're they're releasing yep. is the only one that's actually going to be that. available like on release.
0: Yeah, uh, apparently I Which think there's a couple of other really like gone. gimmicky titles too, but yeah, that, apparently that's like the big launch title, um, and uh, so I'm saying that's probably be like the, the big benchmark for the Nintendo that. Switch, like how well it plays that open world Zelda game, and then things will start falling in line. Uh, but going we'll back see. to the Mario thing, there has not been one. Mario game where i picked it up played it, and i'm like god i hate my life for playing this mario game it sucks <laughs> I,
1: I i mean okay working on victory road on that what was it super mario War, uh i don't even remember victory Road. you talking about
0: pokemon now
1: or, uh no no uh there's a the very very last level that was like horrifying and terrible that we played during. oh the year. okay
0: great ah, okay that's something different peter if you wanna, that
1: was Mario, man. That's the real deal Mario experience. If you want a 100%
0: Mario, you're going to have one hell of a time. But if you just want to like pick up a Mario game and play it and beat like the story, then I think it'll be fine.
1: All I'm saying is lives have been hated because of Mario, Jesus, that including mine and America. I think yours.
0: Um, but yeah, and the new hat gimmick where you throw the hat and you can like, jump on it. We'll see where that goes. Um, it's a gimmick, but a, you know. I mean, the star was a gimmick in Super Mario Galaxy and that worked out perfectly. Yeah, true. Uh, But yeah, going back to Zelda, it looks really gorgeous. I've watched a couple of minutes of gameplay on it. It looks like a really gorgeous game. Um, The only reservation I have is how well is that hardware and that Nintendo Switch, a little tiny thing, how well is that hardware going to run it? Because apparently it has the same specs as the Nvidia Shield. Now, I'm not going to say the Nvidia Shield stinks by any means, But the Nvidia Shield I feel is like something that you use more for like streaming games off of your high-end PC if you want to do some like big PC action. Um, I'm just wondering like how well Nvidia Shield type hardware is going to run the Nintendo Switch because even though the titles the Nintendo Switch aren't running are like super intensive like uh, Doom per se, um, it still needs to pack a punch you know.
1: For sure. I mean, one of the important questions is how much extra oomph is the uh, docking station actually going to provide for right. your games? Because they're also planning to bring in Skyrim, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the third-party interaction is like, they've never gone that far before. Skyrim oh, yeah. is probably their most outlandish proposition for a Nintendo okay. title. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. Because, I mean, if it can do Skyrim, it'll be able to do Zelda.
0: Yeah, that that's true. Um yeah, I just I just want to see some benchmarks on it. Uh, for sure. Again, um, the Nintendo Switch apparently when it's docked it uses a it unlocks more power from its graphics processor than when it's undocked.
1: I mean, it makes sense. Uh, does, is there an extra graphics processing unit inside the
0: dock? No, it's just, it just extra. Uh, so it has a core clock inside the graph. So for those who don't know, oh, I see. Uh, graphics cards have a core clock, and basically. Uh, the core so you clock...
1: overclock it when you put it in the dock. Yeah,
0: so the core clock is raised when it's in the dock. It lowers when it's out of the dock. Cool.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited for open-world Zelda. I feel like they're kind of getting back to their roots in that. Because, I mean, the yeah. first Zelda was... They didn't really give you much direction, and it was, you know, super popular and super fun and great. Right. And I hope they they let you take a little bit of control in sort of discovering the world for yourself in the game. Because I know a lot of open worlds are like, oh, well, we, ha- we gave you a pretty world to run around in, that means we don't have to give you anything interesting to do.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So both Peter and I said, we're probably not going to be buying an Nintendo Switch on release date, but Peter, are you intrigued? I'm intrigued,
1: and also one of our other roommates is planning to buy it, so I don't have to worry about it.
0: Um, for 300 bucks... I am intrigued. Uh, if the price was 400, like it was rumored, I would have not been intrigued. But it is 300, which I think is uh, an exceptional price for that kind of hardware. So I am intrigued. Um, Nintendo being Nintendo, some of their parts are a little excessive. For example, if you want to buy an extra set of Joy-Con controllers, apparently they're selling them for 80 bucks, which is Christ. like for for two small, tiny little controllers, like. I mean, I get it. They're they're future controllers, but an Xbox they're controller is like of accelerometers. Yeah, an Xbox controller is like maybe thirty, forty bucks.
1: So yeah, there's a there's a bunch of financial screwiness with the with the Switch situation. Um, one of the things I'm really worried about is their uh, online service. Um, for those of you who have, have you ever, ever used Nintendo in the last you know ten years or so. Um, their online service has always been pretty free, and so it's been a little crappy, oh. but, you know, that's fine. But after the first month of release, uh-huh. uh, the, the Nintendo Switch online service will require a subscription fee and won't let you access any of the games that you've purchased on the online service without your subscription, which is really messed up, yeah. and I'm kind
0: of concerned. Right, because... And that brings it back to why another reason why I like PC gaming versus consoles, because you don't have to pay these fees. It's internet. You already pay for your internet. For sure. And I mean, like, I like Nintendo.
1: I like the content they came out with, but this seems like just a bad decision, because it's gonna lower their trust from consumers, and it's just gonna make everyone's life suck
0: a little bit more. You know what I did see on Reddit that I think would be a great solution? Is have a subscription fee, but for something else. So basically... It would start at maybe, I, thought it, I think the post said it was $7 an hour. And what happens is, I mean, $7 a month. I was going to say, no, not $7. I'm not paying that much. So for $7 a month, you get to play any of the SNES and like NES titles free of charge for $7 a month. That would be nice. Um, and then it amps up if you want to play SNES, NES, uh, and like... GameCube titles and something yeah, like maybe handhelds Game, game Boys as well. Uh, then it's like 9 dollars a month. And then if you want to play every single title that has ever been released by Nintendo on like on the virtual console, it'd be like 15 dollars a month. And in that way, you could say, "Hey, you know what? I like I like uh, the first Super Mario game. I'm going to pay 7 5 dollars a month and uh, play the new Super Mario game."
1: Yeah, I mean, that that'll be a better way to do it, but I feel like Nintendo's feeling a little bit strapped for cash at this point, and they're just doing what they gotta. I hope... Uh, and uh, not a huge fan of it.
0: I hope it fails for them, because that's kind of, the, the, the way they have it is not, uh, not consumer-friendly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want Nintendo to go out of business, because I like what they put out. But, uh, and I feel like the Switch flopping might really, really hurt them. So I hope they, they come to their senses... I guess is a, the best, the best way to express it. Yeah, because I, I'm not paying an online subscription no, to play games that I already either. bought.
0: I mean, I, I used Xbox for a long time, and I was, I was naive to see. Oh well, the subscription fee is just to you know help with the servers, and the servers are better than <laughs> PC. So yeah, we're better. But now oh, yeah, I obviously. see, you know, this is. It's just you're just trying to get some money, and
1: but I mean honestly, it's not even a question of PC versus console. It's a question of a business hurting its consumers, mm. and honestly, uh, any making someone pay money to access something they already paid for is ridiculous. Yep. And other companies do it. Um, I mean, World of Warcraft, for instance, um, is probably the you know most no- notable example of a subscription fee to sort of. Yep pervading an entire online experience, but this isn't even just for one game. Yeah. This is this is for your entire network of games that you own on Nintendo. And I feel like that's gonna prevent anyone who doesn't like subscriptions from building up a significant library on that console, which is really, really bad for them.
0: Yeah. I remember when I uh my cousins had World of Warcraft and I went to their house and they're like, hey, check it out, we got World of Warcraft I played for a bit. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. How much is it? And they're like, oh, it's only well, it was like ten bucks. And it's like ten it like, bucks. It's that's cheaper than other games. Like, yeah, but you got paid every month. And I'm like, what? You gotta play. You gotta pay money to play this game every single month. That that doesn't make sense. Why don't you play something else? Like, why don't you play a game where you can play a bunch of games f- for free every month? Like, oh, we just like World of Warcraft. And I'm like, okay, too your own. But it's uh, I remember, yeah, first time I ever heard of having to pay a service to play uh, games online um, that was a little thing and then and then I heard the Xbox and I don't know why I fell for that but yeah
1: yeah it's it's really scary because a lot of console management stuff and even a lot of PC games now are kind of your ability to play is really determined by the company that produced the game and they can like actually control your ability to play the game because you know at this point most games are made with online capability to the point where a developer can actually like port into the game and modify your experience if they wanted to like cluster truck they can do that oh yeah um and i mean cluster truck developers are great yeah don't get me wrong i love them uh and the way they mess with people in game is actually super hilarious um but the implications are somewhat dire that uh you can actually kick someone out of game and then when they reboot it say oh sorry we're subscription based now or oh sorry we're not hosting this game now yep. and then that
0: game's dead true mm. sure. sure. yep you, you set up a perfect apocalypse scenario for for this for the gaming scene but let's yeah. hope it never comes to that yeah same all right so anything else any other thoughts on the uh, Nintendo Switch
1: uh cuz i i mean good. i hope it's good mm. I hope it's better than people seem to think it'll be. Yeah. Because it seems to be kind of universally panned at the moment. Yeah. Um. But you know, I like Zelda. I like Mario, and Nintendo's the only place to get it. And as long as they keep that monopoly going, they'll survive.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. So this is where I would put in a word from our sponsor, if we was- had a sponsor. But we hey. don't, we don't have a sponsor. So pay us money to talk about you. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the real cranky coders experience, right? So, if you uh, got so I guess instead of uh, telling about your sponsor, we're, uh, we're gonna have a little ad. If you guys, uh, if any of you uh, have a business or looking to uh, um, put your business out there, um, give us a shout. We're gonna have the cranky code, we have the cranky coders at gmail.com where you can leave us an email on that, or we're gonna have our website pretty soon. And if you're wishing to sponsor us, uh, definitely get in contact with us. And we would be more than happy to sponsor you guys because we're looking for uh, ways to uh, host our podcast. And that would definitely help us uh, host our podcast. So, uh, crank- This could have been you. Oh, wow. That was super, that was super loud and scary. I'm going to have to Sorry. <laughs> edit that in post. Um, but... Uh, no, nope, you got to leave it as is. Got to embrace the art. Okay. Um, but yeah, send us, uh, send us your inquiries at... Crankycoders at gmail.com and we're definitely gonna get in contact with you. I actually added that in post. That was that was pretty high. That was really loud. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure your audacity thinks should have like Yeah, it it,
1: it 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 almost went to the limit
0: there. Oh wow. It was pretty mad at me. Um all right, so moving to our last segment of the show. We got a lot of time to talk about this, and I'm sure you got a lot of talk about this. I sure I know I got a lot of talk about this. Oh, We're sure. gonna be talking about the hackathon, Hack A Z, which we just recently went to. Uh, I was down in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, took a nice trip with a friend there. Took a nice trip with a friend back, and we uh, we came back different people. I'd say. I mean, I'm sure I didn't come back the same person I was um, <laughs> in terms of health and also knowledge. But um, yeah. So, Peter, do you want to tell them what we worked on?
1: Uh, f- heck he? For sure. Uh, we're working on an app now, uh, and we oh, yeah. got a working a work, version yes. of it called uh, Connected College. And uh, basically, the idea is to refine the college experience using a combination of big data and community interaction. Um, so basically, we uh, have found the Department of Education releases a ton of information about colleges and Pell Grants and general you know, federal grants um, and uh, college admission rates, college test score admission rates, uh, college retention, uh, how long it takes for people to get loans paid off, all that kind of stuff. And our goal is to consolidate that massive amount of information about all the colleges in the United States that has been released into a palatable uh, and modifiable and relevant list for a prospective student or sort of a and uh, also enable uh, current students to go to their college, talk about their experience, uh, give advice to incoming students, and give advice to other current students about housing or classes or uh, finances, uh, what's a good place to work, that kind of thing. Uh, just really hoping to help people make better decisions about their college experience by giving them more information uh more easily accessed.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that was it.
1: Um now uh for i've i've given that speech about 20 times yeah, now so we, i've uh, gotten kind of down to those
0: sides. we had to a uh, pro, uh we had to uh show off our uh hack at the end of the event as all teams do so um so the thing is we ran into a couple problems i know for me uh and we're gonna get to advice we have for like uh people who are looking at hackathons and for ourselves really because I, I i think i have some advice for ourselves um, For sure. So one of the problems we ran into is we worked with big data and we worked with a lot of data. Peter can tell you how much data. How much data was that, Peter?
1: Uh, let me do the math real quick. I'll tell you how many points of data there were.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, you do the math. So basically uh, we were working with this huge database. And the problem with that is that we quickly ran out of time because uh, I was working on trying to fix, trying to work with some stuff on my end to create a website for this, which ended up failing miserably, um, mostly because I didn't really have the resources there for it, and um, and so it turned this database, and it was a huge database. Did you uh, calculate the size of the database?
1: Yeah, so uh, there were 24 million points of data um, with about 3,000 columns, and um, the real problem came in where. We have a malfunctioning API because the government is the government. And uh, a lot of the data points in a given field would actually be of different uh, types because uh, if a school didn't provide information about a particular thing, they would just put null, which comes as a string. So if I'm looking for an integer, it's a real problem.
0: Mm. Yep. And uh, so basically working with this big data proved mm, pretty uh, pretty tedious, pretty time test taxing, to say the We figured it out. We did figure it uh, out. It took a long
1: time to actually understand what the database was talking about. Uh, One of our team members helped out a lot with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, uh, Retro, uh, shout out to Retro, he he did a lot of the probability stuff.
1: um, Yeah, uh, we have a feature on the app that uh, enables students to calculate, well, it actually just shows them their probability of getting into a given school based on prior ACT and SAT scores and their GPA. Uh, The real uh, mastermind behind understanding the databases was Fong, Uh, shout out to Fong. Uh, she She spent a lot of time on that too. Uh, Both of them might be appearing on the podcast at some point, so uh, look out for that, yo.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask them to be on a podcast today, but I'm sure they're really tired, so uh, I don't know if they would want to drive all the way up here and be on the podcast, though. Am I listening to Uh, this? Piece of advice number one for hackathons. uh, Be ready to not sleep. Yes. Um, Okay, so we'll get to the advice, but before we get to the advice, um, what do we think now of hackathons? So this was our first hackathon. And I'm sure we have some pretty interesting, uh, uh, pretty interesting things we think about now because, you know, we got an experience. So, Peter, what, what do you think of Hackathons now?
1: Well, I mean, my thoughts aren't too complicated. I was excited for the first one when I went to it, and heck, now I'm excited for the next one. It's a really good experience. Uh, I learned a lot. Met some cool people. Uh, saw some cool things, and, uh, you know, we made something functional. Uh, not not terribly pretty, but it's a proof of concept of something that I think would be a really good idea. So uh, overall, fantastic experience. Would recommend to anyone who's interested in anything tech related, right? Or heck, even if you know people who are interested in tech and want to be a I don't know a designer for them, because Lord knows we could use
0: it. Oh yeah, we we could have used one. Um, my thoughts is that like I expect the heck thing just go in there and code and get out, but. They had a lot more. I didn't know they were going to have these uh, Tech Talks. I heard the Tech Talks were all wonderful. Unfortunately, I was able to go to one of them because it was busy all the time, but I heard there were some, some very interesting ones I really wanted to go to. There was ones on Inkler 2, there was ones on uh, the HoloLens. In fact, I even got a try on the HoloLens from Microsoft. That was amazing. Uh, there was uh, there was talks on virtual reality itself. There was talks on uh, I think there was a talk on Node.js. Not sure about that, but There was a huge number of talks, and there was a huge number of activities. I went to one of the activities. It was coding in the dark, and you would code, uh, try to code a good replica of a website that was given to you. Um, But the thing, the catch was, you could not look at the website while you were coding it. You had to, you had to have this black screen, and you just had to work in this black screen um, until you code. So there was, there wasn't even auto completion or like syntax highlighting. It was just down in dirty html um so that was uh that was actually really fun um to uh to be a part of and um the food was eh uh say at least but i don't go to hackathons for food so i mean who am i to say
1: uh uh the steak was overcooked <laughs> um i like my steaks uh...
0: medium rare but how dare they make their steaks well done i can't i cannot believe it
1: Okay, actually though, the uh the meat they used and what were those?
0: Oh, those uh kebabs. The first things. Oh, the first mm-hmm. things? Uh, you... Yeah,
1: the roll up things. Oh, uh, flautas? Uh, sure, let's go with that. I I don't know food. But um it actually tasted like hair. It was real bad. Oh, you
0: thought it was bad? I thought it was all right. Uh, I've had worse. Um but uh, but, uh yeah. yeah. Honestly, Honestly, I would recommend it to Anyone um, who is in who is the least bit interested in computer science, not even a computer science major. Uh, I know the guy who uh, the Andrew, the guy who won. He was a, I mean he's he's gonna be computer science, but he was an electrical engineer to begin with. So, um, oh, the guy that drove back with us. Yeah, yeah. His name is Andrew, right? Andrew, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was an electrical engineer. He also listens to podcasts. if listen to this. Shout out to him um and so you could be you could have any major at all and just come in and you don't even have to do a hack you can just come here and listen to the amazing tech talks and the ama- and do the amazing tech activities they have and still gain a valuable experience at the hackathon i would strongly suggest you do a hack regardless if you win or lose okay uh, i mean not win or lose you don't know that later but whether or not you have a great idea or not It'll be paired with some people that might have amazing ideas that can use you in like very nice ways. Um, so there's something for everyone here. I don't see a reason not to go one unless transportation's an issue.
1: Yeah, for sure. Or scheduling um, conflicts. And I mean, transportation can be an issue though. It, it it's a quite a drive even from uh, Phoenix to Tucson. Right.
0: That's the only excuse I'd uh, I'd see like say like a pure science guy saying yeah i'll skip a will ha- skip the hackathon yeah
1: like it's it's you dedicate a weekend to it because right. even if you get
0: back and you have half a day you will use that
1: half day to sleep yep. because you will need it
0: yep um so yeah if your hackathon's coming up near you just make sure you plan ahead get all your assignments done and everything and then go if you can just just go it's man um i i, I think i had a wonderful time i mean i was sleeping deprived the whole time but i had a wonderful time
1: <laughs> yeah uh loved it would do again probably we need to wait like a few weeks before i could handle it again right
0: and i was so upset okay so we're gonna get into advice for future hackathons uh do you want to just like me do one you do one you want to do that yeah go for it all right so my first advice for hackathons is if you're a freshman and you're concerned that you don't know programming still go to a hackathon in fact i deeply regret that as a junior this is my first hackathon i wish i had this experience early on it's an amazing opportunity and you might still win as a as a freshman the The guy we drove back with andrew right he was a freshman yep. his team utilized him very well they made a simple but genius app and they swan first in the popular vote so
1: don't... Yeah, simple ideas go over really well with people at these events. Yeah, no partially because it partially because you know it uh, it's easier to make in 36 hours but also because it just appeals to people.
0: Right. So, if you even if you don't have an idea, as a freshman just go because you will learn something. There are companies there that are always looking to hire people. So, if you give a pretty good impression using somebody's like hardware, they might they, they, not only do they give prizes for people using their own hardware, I think uh, Microsoft was doing that, um, but they also they might prick their interest, like saying, hey, this guy's actually pretty good at what he does. Um, so, again, I regret it as a junior, not going as a freshman. So, if you're listening out there, just go to the hackathon as soon as you can. Peter, what do you got?
1: So, um, no matter how prepared you think you are for a hackathon, you are going to have to learn new things. Uh, I'd never developed an app before, and so I had to learn Android Studio. I'd never really worked with big data before, so I had to uh, learn some techniques pretty quickly on how to make it more manageable and how to make it you know, a more reasonable user, user interface. Uh, and that's kind of the point of a hackathon, is to learn new stuff. Don't go into a hackathon with I I don't think you should go into a hackathon with a full plan of what you're going to do. Because... Well, partially, you'll lose out on a lot of the benefit of a hackathon, which is forcing you to pick up new skills in a short amount of time and then apply them really quickly. Um, Because that kind of skill will stay with you for a long time, whereas a skill that you already know is a skill that you already know. Um, I think you should absolutely go in with sort of a general idea, maybe, of what you'd like to do. But be prepared to make changes, be prepared to try new versions of implementations, and really be prepared to collaborate with the people that you know or the people that you're working with whether you know them or not because uh everyone's there for the same reason they're there to get better at coding and they're there to make something cool so yeah work together learn some new
0: stuff and you should have a good time um all right uh next piece of advice i got so you're gonna learn things it's inevitable you're gonna learn Uh, I I know, it's horrifying. I don't think you get out of Hackathon without learning something. But try to work in something that you're familiar with. Um, So that means uh, if you have a decent plan of what you might do or what you're good at, then expand on that. Um, For example, I was trying to do some stuff in uh, Node.js on the site there were some packages I had to use that I didn't know how to use and it just ended up being a total mess and I couldn't do the website so try to try to do some prior learning okay you don't have to do all the learning you don't have to learn everything in one day but you don't want to learn everything in one day at the hackathon so you just want to get acquainted with some stuff that might help you along the road so that way you'll be a very effective uh, teammate for your team and that way you can get stuff done faster and not uh And probably get some decent sleep sometimes, so uh be sure you're pretty acquainted with the stuff you're gonna learn and uh, then go from there
1: uh yeah, another piece of advice is uh try to pick good teammates if you have the option of picking teammates um or at the very least try to pick people that you like as teammates honestly uh Their ability to code doesn't matter too much. Uh, One of our guys doesn't even actually program. He's a math major. Uh, That's a retro. Um, But the important thing is he contributed interesting ideas. He helped us with things we weren't familiar with. And, uh, you know, he was a joy to work with, which is really important because you will become your worst self in the late hours of the night or morning when you are you haven't slept for twenty hours, and you're really just stressed trying to get this thing done in the next two hours, so pick people you like and pick people that you think you'll like after the experience because it's uh
0: it'll push you to your limits, yeah, definitely hackathons do have a tendency to do that um man, I had so much to because i i was i remember I was like yelling at you like some advice that I had for like. Future hackathons. Um, don't try to build the next Facebook. Um, you're not going to have enough time unless your hackathon goes for two weeks long. Um, so stick to an idea that it that you find prevalent every day, and that can be easily implemented. Uh, should I tell them about here? I think I should tell them about here. Yeah, why not? Um, so here was the popular was the uh, app that won popular vote. Now, from what I understood, I wasn't able to go over there and check it out myself at their booth. But from what I understood, you basically um, uh, get into your car. and Before you leave, you activate here or whatever. And basically, it tells your friend who you're going to be picking up, uh, hey, uh, so-and-so is heading over right now. And then, basically, you're able to keep off your phone saying, hey, I'm like five minutes away or hey, I'm coming over right now. And it'll tell you like, it also texts them every. I think it texts them. It texts them every time, saying, "Hey, so and so is this many minutes away," or "Hey, so and so is this many minutes away." And you come and come, and that way your friend is ready by the time you get there. Now, that's not an absolutely tough thing to implement. It's not. It's definitely not as uh, as overarching. Well, I shouldn't say overarching, but as uh, big data as our app. Um, they're, they're just, you know, it's just simple texting. Text one order to another. But it's an idea that is prevalent. It's an idea that is pretty universal and it's an idea that I think a lot of people face. And it does a wonderful job at implementing it and um, working. So don't try an overarching idea. Don't try to build the next greatest social network. Start small. Think of what do I experience every day that really just pisses me off and I just want to fix it because I'm sure if you're experiencing a problem, I'm sure someone else is experiencing that problem. I'm sure a whole lot more are experiencing that problem, and you could really help them by building an app that focuses on that problem.
1: For sure. Um, I mean, ambition isn't a bad thing, um, but if you're trying to copy somebody else, that's not really ambition
0: now, is it? Uh, right. But I'm just saying, like, don't try to work with something that might be a little tough to implement something or at the very
1: least um, come up with a a tangible idea of a minimum viable product where you can give a proof of concept of your big idea and say hey this is sort of a taste of what's to come Matthew Hollenbeck
0: Uh, everyone putting my words in uh, simple terms Jesus Christ (laughs) (laughs) thank uh, you for expressing what I was trying to say
1: it's the debate yeah Um, but, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is totally true. You only have so much time. You aren't going to be an expert on your field when you first start. I mean, especially if you're a student, you're not supposed to be an expert in your field anyway. That's what your professors are for. Um, but uh, to add to that, there are experts in your field that will be available at most hackathons. People from companies or just people that are interested in helping. I, Frankly, we didn't make a great use of them. Uh, we did get two drones from Raytheon, which was pretty cool. But in terms of actually asking for help, I think we kind of missed an opportunity there. Um, I think it's really important that you actually take advantage of all the people that are there who have you know, been coding as a career for a long time and uh, talk to them about their experiences, uh, whether it's because you're interested in the job or whether it's because they've worked on things similar to yours and you just like advice. Um, sponsors came by our table, which was like in the back corner of the library and offered really good advice about uh, what we could do uh, to better our program, or even how to solve a problem that we've had. And uh, that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had with coding, because all of my advice usually comes from Stack Overflow. And having a human face behind it was really refreshing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'll show you some water. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that guy was actually super cool and super helpful. Um, yeah. Shout out to him. I don't remember his name. I don't remember saying either. He was kind of, he was, I think he was like one of the hosts of the hackathon though. Uh, I remember he, he was worked
1: for Atheon actually.
0: He, oh, he, Oh yeah. That was a guy. Okay. I remember There was another guy that came by our table, asking, Hey, how are you guys doing? And stuff like that.
1: Oh yeah. There were, I mean, there were a bunch of people coming by. But
0: he was like, I remember he was like super amped up and stuff saying like, Oh, you're not having an awesome tackle time or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he was actually, uh, he was actually one. He was actually the host at the lights out thing. Uh, and Okay, nice. And he spent because he had the code of five minutes. He spent the five minutes like putting on a song and like dancing to it while we were all like just blasting typing into our laptops and he's just like dancing, like, oh we're having a great time guys. I'm like shut up. I'm I can't <laughs> work under these conditions. Um but no, uh yeah, he was a super, super friendly guy. Listen, uh I'm not trying to discourage you or anything. Listen to this. Please please keep it up. I, I think, yeah,
1: for sure. You make our experience more uh, more tolerable. I think you're the only person the who
0: encourages us to live to see the end of it. So um, I think this is my last advice. I a much less. You've got left. But before you sit down and start coding, get a, get a Trello board going and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I know I, I, one of the things I regret is we didn't use that Trello board. It's just sitting there collecting dust now. At, at, that's on me. Um, so, set up a Trello board and make sections. Um, I believe the section we made is Icebox. Icebox is for ideas that you want to implement in your app, but you're probably not going to due to time constraints. There's Backlog. Backlog are things that you're gonna implement in your app. Uh, you just gotta to get to those things. There is To Do. To Do is ideas that you're planning on implementing pretty soon. Like within the day or so, like it's like your day thing that you're gonna be doing, in progress. In progress are th- are uh, uh, things that you're gonna be that you're doing currently at the moment, of course. Uh, cl- uh, closed or uh, done are things that you've done and are ready to push. Or what you could do is you could have done, which are things that you have done, and then you can have a closed section, which are things that you've pushed. Uh, and going off a of pushed, I suggest using GitHub. Probably, I know you're gonna hate me for that. Uh, you're gonna be one to use GitHub to push your code. And... Yeah, I totally recommend using GitHub too. Uh,
1: yeah, um, definitely use GitHub.
0: <laughs> I suggest uh, using... definitely
1: know how to learn, learn how to use Git commands on command line yeah. too, uh, and definitely try to get your other teammates to learn Git as well because it's really Git, git is really helpful. Yes, especially get use... everyone look it up. Get. Yeah, especially
0: yeah. in these uh, team collaboration things it turns out to be helpful in case you don't know uh, yeah it gets
1: really helpful
0: JIT is uh, is an amazing software tool okay yeah we have our discrepancies on that um, so uh, definitely learn that it's really useful when uh, working together and just doing some like uh, uh, fast uh, agile development agile development is probably what you want to use for this process, um, I think there was one thing I was going to say about JIT, but I totally forget. Oh, yeah, you don't have to learn the command lines for uh GitHub to use But they're it. simple and you should. Next life, they know. are pretty simple. You can use the uh GitHub for Windows app that is available. Um, you can just uh, download that and uh, use it to like uh, manage your code. Visual Studio Code also has a built-in JIT integration that tracks your pro uh, that tracks like the changes that you've made, so you can uh, add them and then commit them and then push them. Yeah, it's
1: really nice how so many IDEs just have Git integrated right into it. Right. I mean, helpful. it is a
0: pretty popular thing nowadays. Uh, we can even talk yeah. about that in the next episode, but
1: yeah, we'll we'll get to that eventually.
0: Um, definitely implement that and definitely use that in a hackathon. It's super helpful. So yeah, remember,
1: everyone, implement Git.
0: Yeah, uh, that's all the advice I had for hackathons. Uh, do I anything yeah. else? Uh,
1: I feel like um, if you don't really want to use Trello, which you know Trello is great, uh, and if you ca- can use it, you should. But you should also draw out your idea on a whiteboard, especially if you're making a mobile app, because you really want to refine, you know, the basic user experience uh, whenever you actually have the chance to, and uh, having a visual goal to shoot for is really gonna help you I think but um yeah that's pretty much all I've got uh just try to keep it fun no matter how little sleep you get and uh try to set aside a half a day when you're done to just crash right,
0: right. and uh yeah that's uh that's all I had for uh HackAZ did you have anything else Peter
1: well I mean we gotta offer advice it's not hackathon advice
0: Oh yeah, oh, oh I was just talking about Hackaz. Got anything else for uh, Hackaz? Oh no, I'm done. Oh. I'm I'm set. Okay. Oh, good. okay, Okay, well, um, yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. I totally forgot to say this during the podcast. I put an outro at the end, but if you have any questions, comments, feedback, we're taking them. So, if you want to do that, our website's gonna be up. I hope by the time this podcast release fit i i mean i oh we get a free domain i totally forgot we got a free domain from that company so um i'm gonna see if crankycoders.com is available if not then i'm gonna to try something else i'm gonna have try to put up a, like a simple website with a form to start out with so that you guys can immediately just like send us uh, uh any questions comments feedback while i'm fixing up the site um and uh, i hope to make the site pretty cool um
1: pretty cool
0: and uh with all the latest uh, tech these kids are using freaking hovers and latest
1: your, technology
0: uh and your uh css3 animations uh css3 animations and so i, I plan on doing that by the end of this week um, by the time this episode is released, if that doesn't happen, we always have coders at gmail.com, that's C R A N K Y C O O D E R S at gmail.com, no capitals, no spaces, don't worry about that, just send us the email with any questions, comments, and feedback, um, so now, uh, advice. Peter, I went first last time. Why don't you go first this time? What is your advice for our viewers?
1: Well, if you're thinking about getting a pet, consider holding off for a while, because for all we know, robot pets will be the next big thing. And, uh, hey, they might clean your house too.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't heard of any robot pet tech developments. I have three robot pets. Are right, you talking about your drones?
1: No, my fish.
0: Right. Oh yeah, you're... and my chicken, right? Right. Uh... and also a dinosaur. But I, I imagine a pet is something that like interacts with you and says, you know, meow. Okay, meow. but
1: consider this: you could have a robot pet that cleans your house.
0: That, that's. I think that's... a robot
1: dinosaur that cleans your house. Okay, that's great.
0: I mean, couldn't you just tape a dinosaur to a Roomba? Okay, but a robot dinosaur that cleans your house. Okay, um, I think you're gonna get right on that. Um, oh, straight up. Well, he gets right on that. My advice is, if you're in college and you're looking for a pet currently at the moment, and you don't have time to wait for you, the robot pet uprising, uh, I suggest getting a rat. Uh, I know Felina, Felina, my girlfriend, and I uh, are planning on getting a rat for our dorm. Um, and uh, basically, the reason why is a dog is a little too big to have around. Um, but, uh, a rat is basically, uh, somebody on Reddit put it best, it, rat is a dog methadone. In fact, Peter's gonna call his lab, I mean, no, brand's gonna call his rablats, uh, pet methadone. That's our now. roommate who's buying the Switch. Um, but, yeah, so a dog methadone. And the reason why is because they're, they're, they have the same friendliness, you can, uh, tell them tricks, and you can, uh, uh, play with them in the same way you play with dogs. And so i feel um i feel that's a great way to like transit like if you are planning on getting a dog later and you're like you want a dog then get a rat and then use that for a while and then once you get your own house and stuff then I'll be like you know what I took care of my little rat ratty so i'm gonna get a dog now so and they're also pretty inexpensive for what i heard
1: yeah for sure and i mean rats are great um the real problem i think with uh getting a dog while you're a Student that's super busy, or even getting a cat while you're a student, is uh, dogs and cats get real lonely, and so the best way to save that off is by getting two, and then the space issue just sort of compounds, right? Um, well,
0: no, it's the same thing with rats, uh, they it's strongly right, recommended with rats, the space issue isn't an issue, right? They're, okay. they're rats. Yeah, that's
1: right. So, um, yeah, uh, sorry, the... I, I didn't even
0: realize their advice was going to be themed, but hey, there we go. Yeah, well, we got to... Themes for everything, Peter. You know it. Um, So, yeah, thank you for listening to an episode of the Cranky Coders Podcast. Um, this has been Griffin. This has been Peter. And thanks for listening. Have a great one. Have a good day.